0: All right, everybody, welcome back. We are in the 15th episode of this uh, kingdom series where we're going through the Bible and talking about the passages that uh, that talk about the kingdom of God. So you're new here, go back 15 episodes and follow us along in this journey. So I have a main point that I want to drive home today, and that is childlikeness is a required inside of the kingdom. So, you know, we're born into this culture. Uh, I'm not quite sure why we do it. I think it's just has to do with uh, tradition and we're kind of programmed uh, to do these things. But at any rate, uh, we tell our kids a lot of stories, right? A lot of make-believe and fantasy land uh, about uh, tooth fairies and Santa Claus and all of these different things. And we, we tell them these stories and we keep up this illusion and, and it's kind of, uh, uh, you know, playing make believe or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, as I grow up now, I don't think uh, I probably wouldn't go that route again. But, you know, uh, that's the route I did is, you know, telling my uh, daughter that there's Santa Claus and all of those things. But I do remember uh, the story of when I told her there wasn't a Santa Claus um, and she just looked at me like really, really shocked and, um, kind of silent for a little bit. And then she asked the question of, Whoa, who gave all the presents then? And it was like, mommy and daddy did. And then it was like a pause for another second. And then she looked at us and she goes, oh my gosh thank you so much. <laughs> it was just this weird, uh, weird experience. And, and there was a lot of gratitude and, and stuff like that. So, um, it was really funny, but I tell you this story because the, uh, the child likeness that we're going to talk about has some of those attributes inside of it. Uh, Matthew 18, uh, three says this assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become like little children you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven and so the gravity of the the context of what is being said uh, should cause us to open our eyes and be alarmed a little bit because of the assertiveness of the statements um, that are being said when i hear it said to me uh, as god were saying it to me personally It sounds even more serious. And that is, Tim, you must be converted and become a little child or like a little child to enter the kingdom. All right. So let's dive into the different translations so we can unpack what this actually means. The NIV version says this, unless you change and become like little children. The NLT version says, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children. The ESV translation says, unless you turn and become like children. And the Amplified version says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless you repent, that is change your inner self, your old way of thinking, live, changed lives, and become like children, trusting, humble, forgiving, You'll never enter the kingdom. All right. So we're going to break these words down and define them real quick. And my goal in, in this is all the time is we look to scripture to support our concepts and ideas and to give us the paradigm in which we should believe. And so that is that we are dropping our own view and opinion and we're accepting his view and opinion of things. So God has a paradigm in a worldview that he wants us to accept. And that is to say that once we begin to grab a hold of the way he thinks and the way he looks at things and align ourselves with those things, uh, we'll have greater uh, sense of uh, victory and success inside of our lives. And so breaking down these words, assuredly, we don't, uh, we don't get the context of this word inside of most translations. Uh, a lot of translations say uh, "surely, surely," like a double uh, a double statement, or "assuredly, surely, or some translations say "amen" uh, as this statement. But what we don't uh, grasp in our modern language is when when Christ says that there is a double statement being said that the the absolute surety of what is about to be spoken. And here's how um, here's how it plays out when you kind of translate it out. What I'm going to tell you is absolute certainty. This is in a very sure manner. What I'm telling you is without a doubt. This is how it definitely is. What I'm about to say to you is beyond dispute and debate. I'm going to put it to you very plainly. There's nothing debatable about what I'm about to say. This truth that I'm about to tell you, it can't be denied. What I'm going to tell you is without question. And what I'm going to tell you is the absolute truth. So when you see assuredly or truly I say unto you or the word amen in context of what what, uh, Christ is about to say... It is in a very authoritative uh, uh, sort of statement uh, that is without question. Now, this is one of the reasons why I believe that um, Jesus spoke with such confidence and such authority and that when he spoke like this, um, it was with absolute certainty. And uh, when you start a statement out, what what I'm about to tell you is absolute truth and this is not debatable. When you start uh, speaking in that assured uh, manner, uh, it comes with, off with a great sense of authority. And so when Jesus, when people heard Jesus speak, they ultimately came to the conclusion, like, what kind of dude is this, man? He speaks with a great authority. And that's because he often used these kind of uh, uh, authoritative, uh, assertive statements that... That um, we're communicating an absolute truth. Now, here's the reality about the uh, Pharisees and the synagogues in the in the Jewish culture, even up until this day. Um, and this is not a knock on them or or putting them down in any way. Um, but uh, truth is uh, presented, and it's open for debate. And the person who uh, can can debate the best or come up with the most arguments or the most persuasive, persuasive sort of, uh, thing. Um, then that usually ends up getting the, uh, getting the belief. So that is to say that debate is highly encouraged, right? And this is why when Jesus is speaking, uh, he comes with concrete truth and saying, surely I say to you, this, what I'm saying to you with that was, is without question. What did they do? Uh, they wanted to debate, They wanted to question, they wanted to, uh, challenge, um, uh, the belief system and all these different things. And so there was massive conflict. And so that being said, this statement that, um, that we read, I assure you, and I most solemnly tell you the Amplified brings that version out deeply into the context of the sure manner in, in the, the, uh, way that he spoke this. So If we take it this way, what I'm about to tell you is with absolute certainty, and it is without debate, unless you are converted and become like little children, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Very authoritative uh, sort of statement involved in there. So let's move on with the other word, and that's converted. I love uh, the definition of what these things bring out. Uh, converted has the idea of a revolution and that is the sudden and complete radical change. And this is what I find to be true is, you know, when we begin to place our confidence in God and to begin to trust in him, that there is a revolution. There's a revolution of the soul. There's a revolution of our, our mindset, our conduct and our behavior, and that it is a sudden radical change. Now, this doesn't mean that we end up instantly complete. This doesn't mean that, uh, you know, God waves uh, on us a, a magic fairy dust and we become super Christians or it doesn't mean any of those things. But what it does mean is that there has been a sudden radical and fundamental shift inside of our being. And when we become uh, spiritually woke and that is like spiritually alive and, and we have a spiritual part of our life and it's connected to God, that is the sudden radical change that begins to happen. But what also begins to happen in that is a paradigm shift and an uh, allegiance shift. So we're going to talk about how that paradigm shift uh, uh, has to do with childlikeness here in a second after we finish these words. So turn. That is to change from one form of function to another, to change the course of something. So we have a revolution and we have a turn. Reverse is to cause to take an opposite view of things. So the opposite view is you must be, you must accept that you must come as a child. Well, the opposite view is that you would come with the mindset of an adult. And we're going to jump into that. So... Defining what an adult is (laughs) in our culture today, uh, this is like such a highly debatable uh, uh, sort of belief system. And it's because of the, you know, the prolonged sense of, 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 of failure to launch. (laughs) And that is that, you know, there's a lot of uh, people maybe in their thirties and stuff that haven't really uh, left the nest or they haven't. Uh, uh, entered complete adulthood and they you know they're still uh, uh, not knowing what they want to do with their life and they're playing video video games and all this different stuff. So there's been a, a massive change in what is considered an adult uh, inside of our modern day context. But what I want to go back to is before our modern age what was uh, someone was considered an adult when. And the first one is that they were independent. This has the mindset and the idea that they were able to take care of themselves. That was a a number one sign of adulthood, which leads me to a concept of self-reliant that when we are uh, young, uh, we are in a dependent stage. And we naturally gravitate towards the next stage in our personal development. And that is that we, le- we become independent, self-reliant. We learn to do things on our own, which is the natural process uh, of becoming an adult, right? And then also within that is uh, in ancient times, it was somebody who was educated or who had completed their education, Um, This can happen, you know, some uh, cultures, it was 12, 13 years old, some cultures a little later, and uh, it was a point in which their education had ended and they went to a more higher form of education. And ultimately it was, uh, you know, maybe starting a family, uh, moving away from your parents. So we see all of these contexts that, that an adult is independent, self-reliant, Reliant, educated, and basically moving away from the adult figures uh, inside of your life. So when Jesus said to convert and become have the mindset in the paradigm of a child, uh, he was saying that you take on the opposite point of view, and that is we don't come to him as independent, and we don't come to him as self-reliant and we don't come to him as relying in our own logic and our own education and we don't come to him in this concept and idea of trying to move away from our parents. So what I want to point out here is that everything inside of the natural flow of adulthood that when we when we talk about the kingdom we need to revert back to more of a childlike sort of mindset. Now, if we approach God in in an adult mindset that is that I'm fully independent. Uh, What this is saying that uh, um, I don't have need of you. I'm uh, fully uh, operating independently of you and that I don't need you. And uh, that, that, that produces an ultimate disconnection, right? Self-reliant that I'm going to rely upon my own skills, my own talents and my own abilities, and not yours. And uh, then it comes to the mindset of education that I'm going to lean upon my own understanding, my own intellect, and my own education, and not yours. And then, lastly, the moving away from your parents is is uh, when we approach that in the spiritual sense would be that uh, I don't want you to uh, speak your wisdom inside of my life. I don't want you to father me. I I don't want or need any of that. And so you see in this context how someone cannot uh, begin to even fathom or enter the kingdom inside of any one of these really adult realities. So it causes us to uh, understand that we need to take an opposite point of view. So what is the opposite? You know, as an adult, independent, the opposite would be uh, a dependent fashion. A self-reliant would be more of a God-reliant fashion. Educated would be, you know, abandoning our own wisdom and our own reasoning and accept his wisdom and his reasoning. And lastly, moving away from your parents would be turning towards your parent, right? Turning towards our Heavenly Father. So all of these adult activities are in contrary to the point of view of, of the mindset that happens inside of the kingdom now what i do want to point out is this is that not only does it get us into the kingdom of saying you know what um when we put all of these adult activities in the context of heaven that i can independently uh apart from god uh establish my worthiness of heaven and that I can rely upon my own talent, skills, and abilities to get myself into heaven, that my own knowledge and education of things will get me into heaven. And we see that none of those work. So reverting and coming back as a literal child, not only to enter the kingdom, but to also the mindset that continues inside of the kingdom. And that is that we stay in this place of dependency. Uh, upon his strength and his power. And we stay in the state of being God reliant. We stay in the state of seeking his wisdom and allow him to educate us. And we stay in the state of allowing him to father us and to parent us and that we're not moving away from that. So what, um, what establishes us inside of his kingdom is the mindset that maintains us and it's the same mindset that continues on inside the kingdom. It doesn't go, well, you know, I'm, a, uh, I, I, depended upon him for my, uh, salvation as far as that can, cons- that is concerned. And I'm going to go ahead and start being self-reliant now, and I'm going to go ahead and be independently and operate my life apart from him. And that's just not the reality of what is being spoken here. We have to have that sudden radical shift where we abandon the point of view that is inside of adulthood and come back to a childlike trust and dependence. All right. So what are the passages that support this concept? There's a couple of them and they're really, really powerful. The first one, Psalms 131, 1. This is a song of decrees of David. David wrote this. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned from his mother. My soul is. Is even as a weaned child. And so, what David here is describing the ultimate characteristics of what uh, uh, childlikeness and what is required to enter the kingdom and what is required to uh, be character and attributes of what uh, uh, begins to develop in our lives even more. So, he said, My heart is not haughty and my eyes are not lofty. And I don't claim to exercise myself in the great matters. What is that? He doesn't claim to uh, uh, search in this uh, massive expansion of wisdom and and, uh, fill his brain with all of these deep things. But what he did, he quiet himself and his soul is like this weaned child. And so we see in that the, the ultimate example of characteristics of a childlikeness uh, that is required. Now, why would uh, pride be the main thing in ultimately, you know, a refusal to ask for help? Let's say you're you're drowning, you're sinking uh, uh, f- uh, physically or financially or whatever it is, and you're too proud uh, to admit where you are in your life right now. You just can't admit it. You won't look at it. You won't accept it. You won't acknowledge it. And not only that, but you'd be too proud to ask anybody to help you. And so we see why pride is ultimately the the great hindrance to uh, entering the kingdom, and the great hindrance to anybody inside of the kingdom. That the heart gets haughty and the eyes get lawfully and we begin to trust in our own education. And all these different things in our own wisdom. And we don't uh, lean upon his wisdom and his understanding. And we we see ultimately how that would uh, disconnect us from God. Let's continue on. Luke 18, 16 says this, but Jesus said to the children, uh, children to him and said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these Surely I say unto you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, will by no means enter. And so, that's another uh, context of what being said in in, in a different uh, gospel. So, childlikeness. I must uh, point out that this is not childish. You know, we are told to, um, you know, be children. Uh, when it comes to, uh, uh innocence and, and simplicity, but in wisdom be men. And even Paul said that he has for forsaking, uh, the childish things of the world. Right. And so there is a difference between childlike and childish, and, uh, we are called to be childlike. And that is in the sense of that, that trust and reliance and that dependence and that, uh, uh, living, um, you know, uh, with the guidance of the parents and, and and that sort of thing. That's the mindset. You know, one thing I've, I've noticed about um, uh, children is that uh, thinking back on my own life, we're just naturally, like, very curious. Uh, my wife showed me a video recently of a, a newborn baby, uh, you know, uh, opening its eyes and then just being, like, awestruck uh the child is just the mouth is open and then the eyes are scanning the room and there's this there's this uh uh awareness probably of consciousness and there's all these new things and it's just like an all of of the world and everything around them. There's a state of curiosity and awe. And I do believe that when it comes to our relationship with God, we should be a little bit awestruck. That is awestruck with, you know, everything that he's done for us, awestruck with his spirit that's inside of our life and, and changing and transforming our character and awestruck in the mission that he's given us, that he would equip us and empower us to carry out that mission. And lastly, this sense of uh, awestruckness of the kingdom that is coming. If that doesn't cause you to be awestruck, uh, you know, reading the end of revelations and, and the, the kingdom of God upon the earth and no more sorrow, dying, crying, and all of these different things. And, and the way that uh, there, there is a, a connectedness with the, with the new earth and the new heaven and this, it's like, like everything is, is, is a sense of awestruckness. And I, I imagine, you know, John, when he's seeing all of these things that uh, it produced this, this, this sense of awe and, and awestruckness. Another thing about a child that, uh, that is really, really neat is this clean slate sort of thing. And that's kind of the way that we have to come to him, you know, inside of the kingdom. And then, you know, to allow him to write on the tablets of our heart. Now, I want you to think in modern uh, context of, of tablets, you know, not, uh, uh, tablets of stone, but, uh, electronic tablets and how they, you know, somebody created this code and, and written all these things and, and, and it performs and functions based upon this written code. And that is that, uh, we are, you know, born into this world and we're shaped and, and programmed by, uh, society and culture and all those different things. And, you know, a child's slate, uh brings back to a sense of uh, of a clean slate that i am uh, allowing you to program me that is ultimately what i want to get to in this point that we come to god as a child and say you know what um, i'm coming to you as a clean slate and i'm asking you to write upon the tablet And I'm asking for you to program me with your views, your opinions, your paradigms, and allow me to see what you see and just go ahead and write your program on on the tablet of my heart. And that is the awesome reality. Uh, Kids wanting to explore. Man, I remember uh, uh, being young. We didn't have uh, any sort of like modern uh, technologies like growing up. Uh, we did have one TV that was in the living room, but we weren't allowed to, to mess with that TV. It was, it was put on, you know, uh, national geographic or something. And that's where it was left. It would, you know, there wasn't, uh, all these channels and all this different stuff. Um, uh, there was one channel it, it was on and we weren't, you know, allowed to touch the thing. And, um, so we grew up outside, uh, you know, we, we built things as, as far as forts and we uh, put together bicycles and we made homemade go-karts and we climbed mountains and we told stories of witches and warlocks and all of these different things in the mountains and the caves and all these different uh, uh, things that take place in the childhood. And what it is, is this, this active, uh, uh, willing to explore that we're, we're on this adventure and uh, we're, we're, we're uh, part of this grand uh, uh, sort of thing that's uh, bigger than us. And uh, we're just making up, you know, we're going along with the journey as we go. It's, it's, it's quite uh, adventurous and it's quite fun. And within that is like the power of your imagination that you form all of these like mental images and, and uh, everything is quite big and grand than it actually is. Uh, it was a really funny experience, me going back to uh, my old street and to the mountain that we used to climb and all of these different things. And when I was young, my the street uh, slant on the heel was like far bigger because I remember being on this homemade go-kart and flying down and you go there and it's like, wow, this slant's not really that big. <laughs> <laughs> and you go to the, to the mountain that we used to climb and the old witch's house. That was, uh, this torn down little shack at the bottom. And you look at it and you go, wow, that's, that was, uh, quite grand when I was little. And that is that we have this, uh, uh imagination and this sense of awe and, uh, adventure and discovery and all those things that I think that we need to, um, uh, that we need to come back to and to begin to embody, uh, some of those attributes once again, moving on acceptance of others that is you know we um the people in our life uh you know we accept uh we love we we you know we get their support we have this uh, sense of innocence uh we are uh, very uh, you know simple in that sense um but the main one i want to focus on here is that you know as a child the bold audacity of learning to walk and the process in which it takes to begin to make forward advancement and the perseverance that comes in, you know, inside of the child to begin to execute and to carry that out, um, despite the pain, right. And that is painful when we fall and we, we mess up and do all these different things, but we don't give up trying to walk we we persevere we press forward and uh, i remember uh, being young uh was probably about five years old uh creating bicycles that all all the bicycle parts that were around the house and um you know we didn't have air in the tires we just rode on the rims and uh, we built this bike it was far bigger than you know any of us can get on so we had to climb the tree and to um to get on the bike and then we just kind of pushed off from the tree and just let it roll and see, you know, see how far we can go. And, uh, you know, the process of walking or learning to ride a bike and pushing off from that tree and falling and all these different things that happened in blood and, you know, all these things didn't stop us (laughs) from the adventure. And I think we need to, uh, begin to tap into that again once uh, once again inside of the kingdom and understanding that that perseverance, that curiosity, that uh, uh, imagination and all of those different things come back to that and begin to allow that to to begin to operate inside of our lives. Now this last one I find to be one of the most important, and that is a child. Believes the unbelievable. And that is to say that. um, That they don't need all the answers. You know there is a certain age where they start. Asking why and trying to figure out everything. And and uh, you know. uh, Their their curiosity and their uh, imagination and their creativity. uh, Has a tendency to depart once they begin to fill their head with all of these things. But from early age a child doesn't need all the answers. And here I find very important because it's, it's quite exhausting. And that is to have a defense or an argument or to try to discover all the answers for everything. It's flat out exhausting. And what I have found out that those who go on the intellectual cla- uh, quest of trying to figure out all the answers, uh, I've seen through observation that they end up deconstructing their own faith. And that is they somehow think that godliness in this relationship with God is about having all the answers or having every single doctrine correct or all of these different things. And so they go on this intellectual quest to get all the answers or to try to find all the answers and to fill in every hole that might be found inside of their theology and all this different stuff and what i have come to the conclusion of uh, me personally and it would benefit you greatly to adopt the same mindset that the purpose of the bible wasn't written for us to begin to have all the answers the purpose of the Bible was written so we might believe and inside of that belief is to cleave unto him and to trust and to rely upon him and to begin to walk out this journey with him inside of his kingdom, right? And that the, the idea of having all the answers and have it uh, systematically being able to deconstruct everybody's faith. I find this to be highly detrimental because, the Bible wasn't written for us to deconstruct everybody's faith. It wasn't written for us to have every single loophole and every single answer and to begin to prove a, an absolute case and all of these different things that when we think it's for that, we begin to come in at an academic level and we begin to come uh, to the word of God with just our mind and just our intellect. And that's not what God wants for our life. He, it was written for us to know him. And that is to experience the reality of his activity inside of our life and his presence. It wasn't written for us to use as a weapon to deconstruct the faith of others. And it's sad state of affairs that when people um, use it for that mindset, they ultimately come to the conclusion of, of deconstructing their own faith and that is really really sad and so uh coming to him in this childlikeness of i don't need all the answers that there's some things that i absolutely won't know you know i have a a systematic theology of what i believe about uh the end of the world and and uh, different concepts inside of uh, christianity and i'm sharing those with you but as far as having every single thing uh, spelled out for me and satisfied to the point where I understand and grasp uh, everything, um, I don't see that as the point of this journey. And uh, I'm often honest with myself when I read something and it challenges me and I go, I don't fully understand that yet. That is something that I absolutely do not get and I'm okay with not understanding and thoroughly grasping that maybe someday you know I'll get illumination and revelation about that certain thing but as of now I'm okay with not having all the answers and that is really the uh one of the best childlike qualities that we can begin to have all right brothers I hope you enjoy this episode I will see you tomorrow peace